Hawks failed to capitalize on the short-rested Raptors, losing 121-123. to Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go! All right, Mikey, um, before we get too deep into this game, I wanted to bring an injury update kind of into it. Uh, Anyeka Kongwu, um, we were told seven to ten days uh, before the All-Star break with a mild toe sprain, big toe sprain. And um, Quinn Snyder in his press conference before uh, this game earlier in the week said that Anyeka will be out for this foreseeable future. Today, the Hawks had shoot-around, and Yako Kongwu was there in a walking boot taking shots uh, from a chair. This is not a good sign for the Hawks. I thought Anyeka was taking a step and playing really well. Uh, I thought with Clint Capella out, he was kind of cementing his his spot in that starting lineup. What What's your uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, certainly not great news there on, on a Kongwu. Um, when you see when you see him in a, in a walking boot for a toe sprain, generally that's probably not a very mild one. Uh, so we'll see when he comes back. The foreseeable future that that could mean any time. Honestly, we've seen coaches say foreseeable future. I'll use the starting lineup for the foreseeable future and change it within three days. Uh, early in the season, like Steve Kerr's done it, Darvin Ham's done it. So you never know what these coaches mean when they say foreseeable future. But hopefully, in Quinn's case, it's it's pretty pretty quick here. So we see Onyeka come back and and really make an impact. Uh, at least the Hawks have Clint Capella back when Okongwu goes down with this. Uh, so that so they're not too short on big man depth. But this is going to be a big loss for the Hawks because Okongwu just offers him and Capella just offer different skill sets that in a lot of matchups Okongwu's skill set is favored, especially at the end of games. Yeah, and another person that we will um, probably suffer from this a little bit is Jalen Johnson, just because the chemistry with him and Yaka uh, and Yaka are so good. Um, but going into this game, man, this one was a head scratcher. Um, Quinn Snyder gets ejected. Two other players received texts. I thought the officiating in this game was horrible. To that's just me being nice, um, but I, I think that it's just one of those things where things were really rough, uh, officiating. Um, and the Hawks got down big in this game and still had a fighting chance. It, it's, it's a rough one. Uh, late game execution ended up killing them. What'd you think? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Late game execution coming down to the final possession. Uh, really burned the Hawks here, and then it didn't help when they got down big early to try to claw their way back into this thing. Uh, they really, when they had con- a little bit of, they never had control of the game, but when they held a small lead throughout the middle portion of this game, it never didn't really feel like they fully got going as far 
uh, on, on both ends, really, but especially defensively. A lot of back cuts being given up uh, throughout the game. But if, if we take a look at some of these stats here, the biggest one for me, 22 to 9 fast break points in favor of Toronto. And Emmanuel quickly, a, a, we'll shortly go over the game, but at the start of this game, he was like a bull in a china shop. He was just running, running, running. And he, that didn't stop for the whole Raptors team, honestly, throughout the entire game. For the Hawks, 17 of 24 at the free throw line. And weirdly, uh, uh, Jalen 0 of 3 from the free throw line at the start this game. Uh, you don't really see that, but just bad free throw shooting. But a number you do like to see, 20 offensive rebounds for the Hawks compared to the Raptors 11. But they couldn't convert them. So the Hawks getting those offensive rebounding numbers up there, but just can't convert on the second chance points. That really hurt them, as well as just three-point shooting. Both teams attempted 39, but the Raptors hit 15, while the Hawks shot it at just 30% with 12. So those those really were the, some of the key stats here that you look at this game, you're like, man, yeah, the Hawks, Hawks didn't find a way to get this win. Yeah, and this one, you know, I, I believe the Raptors are probably the worst team uh, out of the Hawks and Raptors, but it was just the Raptors came in and, you know, managed to handle business. They were on the saga half to back to back that, you know, they were in Brooklyn the night before where they won by blowout. So their guys, you know, got got to rest a lot of their fourth quarter. So um, there's not really that excuse for the Hawks. So moving in, moving into the beginning of this game, Manuel quickly starts out, you know, on a seven, you know, with seven quick points. The Hawks scored the first bucket in this game. I didn't score for the next five minutes. Like, it, it was horrible. Like, you could tell everybody was just rusty. There were, there was, like, good shots. They were still finding good shots, the Hawks were, but just nothing was falling. They, would, they were getting offensive rebounds, and they just couldn't get nothing out of the deal. Um, the Raps... Um, just kind of handle business going, you know, <laughs> during the stretch. Like, if the Hawks didn't score, the Raptors were just manhandling them and end up going on a 15-0 run. Yeah, they – the Hawks in this game, at first, they, they got those offensive rebounds. They had six offensive rebounds in the first six minutes of this game. And they couldn't get the putbacks to go. Eight straight, eight straight misses and two missed free throws for the Hawks leading to a 9-0 Raptors run uh, in that 15-0 mix. They got, they got out to a 9-2 lead. And the Hawks, in general, from the field, started 1 of 10 in this game. And that, is, that is not something you, you're used to seeing from the Hawks, especially uh, lately because they early on they have some rough starts at home, offensively and defensively. But they kind of cleaned that up for a little bit during the stretch about a, two weeks before the break. But hopefully this isn't a trend that continues for Atlanta. Yeah, you felt like the Golden State game, the the Phoenix Suns game, where they the Hawks kind of cleaned up everything and it just kind of reverted back to what what was happening beforehand. And DeJounte Murray uh cuts the run with a layup, um, make it fifteen to four. But the Hawks ended or the Hawks ended up you know, still giving up 
a tremendous amount of points in this quarter, but uh, Sadiq Bay had uh, an ankle breaker for three. Quickly comes down and counters, makes it twenty to seven reps. Yeah, he had, he had ten quick points in this game quickly for Emmanuel quickly. Um, and these Murray went to the rim and got three layups in a row uh, when Grady Dick was guarding him. And I love the fact that Murray just got to the rim. And one thing that you got to realize, though, when he got these layups, uh, Capella was on the bench. Jalen Johnson was playing a few center minutes here. And the lane really opened up. And my favorite thing about this is Murray saw a guy who couldn't stay in front of him out of the triple threat. I mean, Murray was beating Grady Dick off the off the drill pretty much every time. And Murray said, okay, I'm going to the rim. Nobody's stopping me. And that was kind of the Hawks' offense for the middle part of the first quarter. Yeah, and something me and you have always talked about is whenever Clint Capella is off the floor and you have a guy that can space just a little bit more past um, like where the nail is, it creates better driving lanes. Um, <laughs> something I saw on this game too was Clint Capella managing to run into Jalen Johnson's driving lane in this game, dragging Yaka Pertle with him that ends up in a block like having having a guy that can space is going to be something that's going to be important for the Hawks moving forward just because when you have guys like Jalen Johnson, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, um, that, the ability to get to the rim is going to be crucial. Sadiq Bay, like the finishing at the rim has been you know, mounds better without Clint Capella having, you know, him and the other center uh, definitely in the paint. And as we move on in the first quarter here, uh, the Raptors extended it to 31-19 lead. And under a minute, the Hawks really had kind of a, a lousy sequence here. They pushed the ball up a up the floor correctly, uh, but DeAndre Hunter's not ready uh, for the ball. It kicks off his foot uh, as he was facing the other way out of bounds. And then they come back down after the Raptors score, and Dre gets an offensive foul. Uh, the Raptors ended up taking a 33-23 to lead at the end of the first quarter. And honestly, I thought the Hawks were pretty lucky to only be down 10, especially with how this game started. Yeah, um, I, I thought the Hawks were not going to score, score 20 in, in the first quarter. Like, it was definitely a possibility, and – for for the Hawks having a really good offense, I know, I know defensively they're they're lacking, but with the offense and the way that it is now, scoring less than twenty is something that um, it, it's it's one of those things. Luckily, the Hawks got to twenty three, but it, it's man, the offense really struggled in that first. Yeah, quickly had thirteen. The Hawks shot 5 of 10 from the free throw line. And, you know, that's 50% right there. In comparison, Toronto shot 56 from the field. So the Raptors shot better from the field than the Hawks did from the free throw line in the first quarter. And to, to kind of pour more salt in the wound, Atlanta shot 1 of 9 from deep. So to only be down 10 considering those numbers, I think I think you'll take that. Something I wanted to ask you, do you, do you think that the the last two games have any bearing on this game? Because the Hawks, 
and those last two games shot the ball poorly as well uh, against Charlotte and I forgot who the other one was. Chicago. Chicago, yeah. I mean, they shot the ball poorly in those last two, and this one they, again, shot the ball poorly. I mean, I think it's more it's more of just shooting more than more than anything, just shooting variance there. But hopefully, hopefully the Hawks can can get this done because I thought I thought the Raptors actually played pretty good defense at the first at the at the start of the quarter, but after that, uh, the Hawks really just couldn't knock down open shots. Um, so hopefully, this isn't a trend that continues much longer because especially with how Atlanta struggles on the defensive end, they need to be able to score. Yeah, going into the uh, second, the Hawks go on an eighteen to four run to cut it to. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, let let's start this over. Uh, the second quarter, Bruno Fernando gets a poster, and um, Kelly Olynyk uh, <laughs> had a, a pocket pass, and Garrison Matthews ends up hitting the three. That day it was like, well, <laughs> he, and Bruno did get the poster. Bruno did get the poster, but it was off, off a pocket, off a pocket pass from Trey around Olinic. So Bruno, Bruno posted Olinic, and it was it was weird here because after that, Gar- that Garrison Matthews three, that kind that kind of momentum, you know, the the play where the, Bruno obviously igniting the crowd there with that dunk, and Garrison Matthews hitting a three that brought the lead down to single digits. Uh, it was 38-30 Raptors. And then after that, Jalen Johnson continued to kind of take it to the rim, just taking it right in, into Bruce Brown's chest, powering through him. And that's something that we've talked about a lot on the, on the show. Jalen, knowing how strong he is and how athletic he is, can do that more often than not. Yeah, uh, something that I like to see was Bruno. Um, As you know, as as this game goes along, you hear hear his name a little bit less, but um, definitely in the beginning of this game, I thought he was really good on the offensive glass. Um, I felt like he he (laughs) he was pretty good, definitely on the boards and getting second chance points for the Hawks. Yeah, he was like moving guys out of the way. And being really physical, being that energy guy that that Bruno most of the time when he gets an opportunity can do, and that was really key. Eighteen to four Hawks run to cut the deficit to two, and it was a lot of Dre from the mid range, and he hit a couple threes in there as well. Sadiq hit a corner three for the lead, uh, the first of the night for the Hawks, and then we have the Quinn Snyder ejection. Yeah, well, that was the Hawks' second lead. Uh, just just thrown out oh. out there. They had, they had the lead at the very beginning of oh, the yeah, game. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, click a bell. Yep, but that yeah. So until that three from Sadiq, they they finally took it back. But we'll get into the Quinn Snyder ejection part. So Quinn Snyder ends up getting ejected. He was furious, and I'll go into the play a little bit. Um, and Trey's going around screens. Scotty Barnes ends up pushing him into, I can't remember, was it Yaka Pertle or Kelly Olenek? He was Yaka Pertle. Yeah. So he pushes kind of Trey into Yaka Pertle, but then Trey's going around and Yaka Pertle kind of extends his hips out and gets needed knee contact where 
Trey ends up hitting the floor, squirming around because, you know, of course his knees hurt. Quinn Snyder comes shooting off the bench. I mean, like out of a cannon and meets the ref at half court and is in his face, giving him every angle you want to hear from a head coach. I, I love it. Uh, I'm just being honest with you. Um, I, I, I love this from Quinn because you always stick up for your star player no matter what. And for Trey not to get the, get that call, um, that's not the first missed call uh, of the night uh, as well. Um, so and Trey not to get that call and, and Quinn Snyder had his back and I, I'm all for it. I love it. I think Quinn rightfully so argue, argued that play was definitely should have been a moving screen. Uh, you could clearly see on the replay, uh, Pirtle really juts, juts his elbow or his shoulder out as well uh, as his lower body. And it was as clear as day, moving screen. The ref was right there, didn't call it. Uh, but regarding the ejection, yeah, you, 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 do, you do love to see that from, from Quinn Snyder, especially like he, he really he hasn't been – he hasn't been ejected this season. I think this, I'm pretty sure this was his first ejection. I could be wrong about that. Uh, but pretty sure this was his first ejection of the season. And when he's sticking up for your star player like that, uh, you do love to see it. And unfortunately, the all the technicals the the Hawks got in this first half kind of cost them when you look at the final score, which is you know not not the greatest. But this game shouldn't have been close that it came down to that as well. Yeah. Um, right after that, DeAndre Hunter gets a tech for a uh, foul call that really wasn't a foul. Um, the the refs and DeAndre Hunter have uh, one of those things where they just hate each other, and that's just the way it is. DeAndre can't play defense with any kind of physicality without you know getting a foul call. Um, and it's crazy how that works because Scotty Barnes can get away with um, absolutely mugging people on the defensive end. Um, there's no calls because apparently he has defensive credibility. Um, which I don't know how DeAndre Hunter doesn't. He's been to an Easter Conference Finals, and Scotty Barnes hasn't. So uh, I'm just trying to figure out how that works. Uh, I've never figured it out yet. Yeah, this is the fourth tech of the half. Trey had one a bit earlier. Uh, but the, the Hawks ended up getting down here 54-51 uh, only. Uh, so they were back in this game. Uh, Jalen Thompson taking it more to the rim. He had a tough hanging finish over Jakob Pertl, and then an and one over Bruce Brown. Of course, missed that free throw, uh, which was that starter 0 of 3 from that free throw line, which I was talking about earlier. But the biggest thing in this game that got the Hawks back in was pushing the tempo, and it kept working. And they they really knew that they were struggling to knock down shots or get quality looks in the half court. And what the Raptors did to the beginning, uh, did to the Hawks in the beginning of this game, Atlanta did to Toronto in this uh, second half of the first half, I should say, uh, in this one. So credit to the Hawks for kind of making that adjustment and sticking to it. Yeah, it was something they were doing. It was making Jacoperto run. And whenever you make him get out and run, he's not up under the rim. So you can get up under the rim, get baskets a little bit easier. Jacoperto is a good rim protector. Like, there's no arguing that. And the Hawks took advantage of making him run. And they ended up, you know, closing out a half being 65, 64 wraps. 
quickly ended up with 18. Barnes had 14. Jacoperto had 10. For the Hawks side, DeJounte and Bruno with 10. Um, they shot 8 of 14 from the free throw line. Um, 7-11 from three in the second quarter, which is a phenomenal uptick from the one for nine from the first quarter. Yeah, that's something you love to see. As we start here in the third quarter, it was really more transition points for the Hawks. Jalen Johnson in transition, and Sadiq Bey also hit a three for a four-point lead for the Hawks, 71-67. And then guess who? Emmanuel quickly comes back down, hits a deep three, probably, probably was a 30-footer. And at this point, he hits it six of eight on threes at this point. And then Grady Dick also came down, hit another triple, and gave the Raptors a four-point lead right back, 82-78 to 78 shortly after. So it's kind of a flip-flop in there uh, early and, and midway through the third quarter. Yeah, so this was somewhat earlier in the third quarter where he was six of, six of eight. What if I told you Emmanuel quickly did not make another three from this point to the end of the game and the Hawks still failed to win it? Do you, th- do you think that's... I'd say, I'd, I'd say that's probably the Hawks playing better defense. I would hope at least. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that's something you could look at because he definitely didn't make another three after that point. And that's something that we've seen uh, defensively that we saw um, them deploy DeAndre Hunter on him. Uh, we've seen them kind of switch up with putting Jalen on him because DeJounte on him just wasn't working because what they were doing is trying to find a way to screen Trey on to him. and. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work for what the Hawks were trying to do. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, um, I I thought he was phenomenal this game. At this point, you know he he really starts putting in the work. Uh, he goes down, gets a gets a bucket, one of the weirdest buckets I think I've seen DeAndre get. Like it was on the baseline, and he throws it up, and it goes in. But it was like one of those shots where it was a quick release where he was getting pushed out of bounds and still doesn't get a foul call. No no shocker there. But um, then Kelly O'Linick comes down, has a travel <laughs> on a layup, and, and Trey, Trey's over here making the travel side. The ref's just looking at him like blindly confused. Olinick probably – he looked like, like a galloping gazelle from the three-point line. It was clear as day this man <laughs> traveled. But, uh, yeah, they, they didn't call it. He, he makes the layup. And then on the other point, on the other, down on the floor, uh, other end of the floor, DeAndre Hunter misses the layup. So that's a, that's a swing right there. And the Hawks go down 96 to 90 after the third quarter. As we, and as we enter the fourth, we, we've, we see some bogey buckets. And that, that's unfortunately, bogey struggled with his shot in this one. But he was burning on Lytic pretty badly to begin the fourth quarter. He but he pulled out uh, a floater on him, and then kind of kind of a, in a frustrating possession here. Bruno got the ball out of the roll, and he's in the paint with Grady Dick on him, and passes out, but passes out of bounds. I would have liked Bruno to take that shot right there. Yeah, that ball had to at least ran, land in row F. The the Bruno pass out of bounds. It had to be row F. Um, G maybe I mean like he launched that thing out of bounds like it wasn't even close to being next to his guy so 
Yeah, that was frustrating, though. And, and, you know, throughout this game, I felt like the Hawks still, like, every once in a while they would take uh, advantage of their mismatches, but it felt like sometimes in this game the Hawks just did a poor job at doing that. Um, the Raptors get back in transition and end up going up 105 to 98. Um, the, the Hawks in transition in this game, there's just – Poor defensively, and it it's stinks. It's been a theme for a while now, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it stinks because the Hawks were plenty of rested. Like, you're playing another team on a second half of a back-to-back, and they're outrunning you in the fourth quarter. That shouldn't be the case. No, that can't happen. Um, the Hawks did get it back to a four-point deficit, though, pretty quickly uh, from a beautiful play. Uh, ran by Igor Kokosko, who was the acting head coach. Uh, Bogey uh, had a three on a, off a Spain pick and roll. And then this was this was kind of uh, a killer sequence here, I thought. The Raptors got two offensive rebounds and uh, finally ended the possession with a Scotty dunk. And I thought, thought the Hawks had to stop, but unfortunately that didn't happen. What sucks about that possession was the Hawks played phenomenally on defense. I felt like they were they closed out on everybody. They were making rotations. They were making sure they were cutting their guys off going into the lane, and they just couldn't come up with the boards. It was like that was a frustrating one because I felt like they were doing everything right but just not finishing the play. Yeah, and then uh, kind of after DeAndre Hunter doesn't hit an open three, he comes back. On the next possession, he, he takes, he gets his revenge, hits the, hits that open three, and at this point, one possession game, one fourteen, one twelve. Then Kelly Olynyk, this this is the definition of shot clock cheese right here. Maybe straight nasty, straight nasty. Two point five left on the shot clock. He's probably at within twenty, maybe twenty one, twenty foot mid range uh, distance, and he pulls out the Larry Burn fade, and, and somehow banks it in. And that that sequence right there just absolutely killed kind of any momentum the Hawks had. Just one of those shots where you're just like, oh, that really went in. Yeah, and what makes it even worse is Trey comes down and probably takes a not so good of a shot. Um, I, I don't like it. I'll word it this way. It wasn't a good three. I felt like he was rushed. It wasn't uh, his best look. Um, he came. He, he comes down, you know, and, and lets one fly. He probably shouldn't have. And uh, Dre knocks down two free throws after that. And at this point, one possession game. Quickly comes down, misses a floater, and the Hawks are down 121-118 with the ball with 18.3 seconds left. But they don't get a shot off. DeJounte Murray steps out of bounds on a uh, dribble handoff with bogey and Bruce Brown dunks it after that. It was pretty much over. All right. I I just want to talk about the last possession just for a second. Um, The Hawks after that, they called DeJounte Murray out of bounds. You have to challenge that you have to. And, And the reason I say that is, whether DeJounte stepped out of bounds or not, you have to challenge it because it's your only possession probably to win the game. 
it, it, no matter what, you have one timeout left, you challenge it. If you're unsuccessful, they get the ball anyway. They're going to run out the clock. You're going to have to foul them. They're going to shoot free throws. And it's a five-point game, four if they miss one. The only chance you have is them missing both, you coming all the way back down the floor and hitting a three. You have to challenge that. It looks like DeJounte did step out of bounds. But the, the thing that also will be reviewed whenever you're doing that is if a foul occurred. And it did look like to me that DeJounte got pushed out of bounds. Yeah, which uh, of, of some degree. Yeah, so if DeJounte got shoved a little bit and they ended up causing him to go out of bounds, there should be a foul call there. DeJounte's at the line shooting two. The Hawks are down one with a timeout. There's a chance. Yeah, unfortunately, bad call there to not challenge that play. And especially especially when you do re- look at the replay, you can see one of the Raptors players does have two hands on the back of DeJounte Murray. Now, don't know if that force pushed him out of bounds, but nonetheless, you do want to take that chance to see if, if the refs will call that. And Trey actually hits a deep bomb after a Bruce Brown dunk uh, to make it a two-possession game. But with 0.3 seconds left after that, it was it was just pretty, pretty much over. Yeah, and that, that Trey bomb three, which ended up being, um, you know, Trey's only, his second three of the game, it was like a, a wild shot that – I didn't even think I had a chance of going in to cut it to two, and then, you know, the game was over after that. But, you know, we'll go into the box score here, um, starting with Bruno. We'll go with Bruno. Ten minutes, um, five of eight from the field, two of four from the free throw line, four rebounds, one steal, uh, 12 points. I thought Bruno was really good in that first half in this game. Um, I felt like defensively he was active. He was bringing the energy. Um, there's not much to complain about with Bruno in this one. Agreed. We move on to Garrison Matthews here. 13 minutes, one of two from the field, one of two from deep. Uh, zero counting stats uh, as uh, except for that three points that he had. Uh, but in 13 minutes, I do not think Garrison Matthews was that impactful. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Moving to bogey. Um, 29 minutes, 5 of 17 from the field, 3 of 11 from deep. That's a rough night for bogey. 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, which is nice to see from bogey getting back on track with the steals. 14 points. Bogey was rough in this one, definitely uh, defensively. Offensively, he didn't shoot the ball very well. So um, it was a rough one for Bogey. We move on to DeAndre Hunter. In 25 minutes, at 8 of 16 from the field, 2 of 7 from deep, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. He finished with 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 22 points. Another 20-point game off the bench from DeAndre Hunter. In, in pretty limited minutes, 25 minutes, Another 50% plus from the field night. DeAndre Hunter is playing real well right now. Um, obviously, being one of the few Hawks, that's actually a plus defensively. And hopefully, hopefully we see him get up to that high 20s in minutes soon consistently because the Hawks are going to need him. I, I, I agree. DeAndre has been playing really well. So um, a little bit more minutes will definitely benefit the Hawks. Moving to Sadiq Bay, 34 minutes, 6 of 15 from the field, 
four of seven from deep, two for two from the free throw line, nine rebounds, one assist, 18 points. I thought Sadiq was okay in this game. Like, he, he wasn't horrible defensively. Uh, he, he shot the ball pretty well um, from the three-point line. He, he struggled inside a little bit, but uh, I felt like, you know, it was a pretty solid game for Sadiq. For Clint Capella, he only played 19 minutes, and he did say he was going to play around 20 minutes before the game started. Uh, one of four from the field, three of four from the line, seven rebounds, one assist, one block, five points. I thought Capella was better after that first stint, but he mostly struggled in this game. Defensively, especially in the second half, I thought he was much better uh, than in that first half. Uh, but as he ramps up, we're, we're going to see his mids definitely increase uh, as a Kongwu uh, will be out now for the, quote, foreseeable future. Moving to Trey Young. 35 minutes, 4 of 13 from the field. Two of six from deep, one of two from the free throw line. That's a strange night when only Trey has only two free throws. Um, three rebounds, seven assists, 11 points. I think this might be one of Trey's worst games of the season. Um, Trey's, Trey's been on a cold stretch uh, as of lately. Hopefully, we can get it turned around, though. Um, I, I think that. Um, you know, him taking that shot to the knee probably didn't help him. He was also getting bandaged on his finger from a cut. Like, it, Trey's been getting banged up as of lately, but, you know, hopefully he can get things situated and, and get back on the right track because the Hawks really need him right now. For Jalen for Jalen Johnson in 37 minutes, 6 of 13 from the field, 0 of 2 from downtown, 0 of 3 from the free throw line, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, Three blocks, one steal, 12 points. Now, Jalen filled up the stat sheet as he does per usual. Now, he didn't shoot the ball well, uh, but you, you you do like to see him, especially in the second half, using his aggression and getting to the rim more uh, than he did in the first half. That's that's good to see. Just hopefully he finds that free throw uh, shooting, shooting form again because he's struggled from the line over the past few games, it feels like. Yeah, and something with Jalen is just the three-point shooting for me is – um, the hesitation. Um, he didn't have that hesitation earlier in the season, and it's growing more and more as he's struggling. Um, I, I want to see him shoot that ball with confidence, and I think the more and more he figures that out, the better off he'll be. Um, moving to the player of the game, which is DeJounte Murray, uh, 36 minutes, 10 of 18 from the field, 0 of 4 from deep, 4 for 4 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal, 24 points. I thought DeJounte was pretty good, definitely on the offensive end. Uh, he struggled a little bit defensively with Matt, uh, with Quickly. Um, but, you know, that's, that's part of the game. But, you know, I, I thought he played a good overall game. Yeah, really, he was the only person uh, outside of probably DeAndre Hunter who was consistently pretty good on the offensive end for the Hawks in this one. As we move on to the three keys here, the Hawks will face the Orlando Magic at home on Sunday. The, the first key for me, Tim, is going to be keeping the wings out of foul trouble. Obviously, Franz Wagner, Paolo Banquero going to be the main offensive weapons for Orlando. You need to keep, if you're the Hawks, Sadiq Bey, DeAndre Hunter, 
Jalen Johnson. Those guys need to be out of foul trouble so they can stay on their wings uh, for the majority of the game. Because other than that, the Hawks have no no other options. And even those guys, um, you know, besides Hunter and JJ, um, aren't, aren't exactly the, the best options with, with Sadiq guarding them. So um, those guys need to stay on the floor. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, uh, you said it perfectly. Um, going to the second key is going to be rebounding when Clint Capella is off the floor. Um, the Hawks did a good job in this game at, at gang rebounding and really attacking the boards and team rebounding together. They're going to have to do the same thing in Orlando. They have bigs like Jonathan Isaac, um, the other Wagner brother that, you know, they work the glass too. So, um, that, that's something that the Hawks are going to have to be conscious of, definitely with Onyeka out. Yeah, and the Magic are a big team, so everybody's got to be ready to gang rebound. And then the last key here, packing the paint. The Magic do not shoot a lot of three-pointers. I mean, really, Cole Anthony and Caleb Houston are the only main two guys that you really have to worry about as far as uh, three-point volume. So hopefully the Hawks can keep them out of the paint, force them to be a perimeter team. And and the Hawks really need to shake shake off this All Star break rust pretty soon. And and if they want to move up in the plane, they got to get back in the swing of things pretty quickly here. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.